I'm here for me because I want to get better. Therefore, I need to do these exercises for that sole purpose, right? Um, and so I found that's also quite empowering because it, it puts the accountability back on you. You, the, the owner of the body, because you're the one that actually knows how the body's feeling. Welcome to the Restore to Explore podcast, hosted by your soulmates from the Foot Collective. I'm Mac Lyon, and we're on a mission to empower humans to restore their natural health and function from the ground up, so they can explore movement and life with freedom and confidence. This week's story from the soul comes from Ray Cameron. Ray is a 62-year-old grandfather. On his way into retirement, Ray is determined to live a long, healthy and happy life. And one of his biggest loves is walking. He clocked up 1,000 kilometres in 29 days on the Camino de Santiago trek, but by the time he finished, his body was screaming at him. He saw multiple podiatrists who all tried to prescribe him orthotics without any clear path to foot freedom. Ray just wouldn't have it, so Ray did what Ray does, and he got researching. That's when he found the Foot Collective. As one of our pioneer explorers, we talk about the importance of understanding your why, the power of a supportive community to keep you moving forward on your journey, and how he's learning to listen to his body. Before we jump into this week's episode, we wanted to let you know about our TFC Explorer membership, designed to get humans out of pain and help them find foot freedom. We've been listening to the stories of thousands of humans around the world for years and working hard behind the scenes to bring everything we've learned from the experiences of the collective to create our ultimate online training program that's already changing lives. Whether you have a specific foot condition, issues up the chain at your ankles, knees or hips, or just want to improve your overall movement health, the TFC Explorer membership is for you. The membership gives you access to an exclusive online community of like-minded humans on the same journey and the support of our experienced TFC health professionals, including our other Restore to Explore hosts, Nick, Jim, and Tom. Together, you'll complete a six-week program with daily lessons, specific routines for your condition, and movement challenges that will upgrade your health from the ground up help you build powerful, sustainable habits and lifelong mates from around the world. You'll also get to connect for live calls with our TFC pros and your fellow explorers to share your experiences and ask questions. If you join before July 2023, you'll get 50% off your membership. It's our way of saying thanks for helping pioneer this exciting new adventure. Head to thefootcollective.com forward slash explorer to learn more. The link is in the show notes. Ray, thanks so much for joining us on the Restore to Explore podcast. It's uh, always fun to do these stories from the soul, we call them, where we have a chat to people in our community and, yeah, get to the uh, the heart of how they found us and how their journey to foot freedom is going. And you've uh, been a member of our community for the last few months at least. Uh, mm-hmm. I guess take us back to the start. How, uh, how did your foot health journey all begin? <laughs> Foot health. Uh, well, it depends on where you actually want to start. So it, it's probably worthwhile just reflecting on where I was before I actually started um, and, uh, and joined up with the foot community. So it was basically um, wearing, as is termed, unnatural footwear. Um, I had issues with my feet 
uh, and so I had been to over the course of prior to uh, joining probably at least three podiatrists. All of them looked at my feet and my gait and said, you know, walk up and down the passageway. And, and then they said, right, you need some orthotics. Now, none of them actually recommended any exercises to strengthen any of my feet or anything like that. It was all about, right, we need to get you on these orthotics. Walk on this mat. Let's have a look at that footprint. Let's see where the, where the weight distribution is and then go, right, this is what we need to do. Now, one of the things that I found, oh, and um, part, of, part of that journey is I'm an avid walker. So I used to be a scout leader for 12, 12 years, um, and I'd go on walks on those. But in 2016, I did the what's called um, Camino de Santiago. Now, there are many routes, many different Caminos to get to Santiago de Compostela on the west coast of Spain. But I did the Camino Francis, which starts in St. Jean-Pierre-de-Port, goes across to Santiago, um, and then I continued that journey, um, like Tom did in the movie The Way, to finish there, Musha, and then I came back again. Now, that was a total of 1,000 kilometres. It's a big walk. Um, it's a very long walk. And, of course, it's 1,000 kilometres. Now, as part of my preparation for that, I'm wanting to make sure that I, I do things thoroughly. So I wanted to be in shape. I didn't want to, because there's many stories of people having blisters and that sort, sort of thing. So I wanted to make sure that my feet were going to be rock solid. So I did 2,500 kilometres before I actually did the 1,000 kilometres in Spain. And that consisted of um, a lot of walking, as you can imagine, individual walks. But in the main, I'd walk 35 or 52 kilometres a day. And, uh, and people said to me, gee, you're doing ultramarathon walking. And I sort of frowned and said, Am I? I hadn't actually considered because I actually thought that it was just natural to walk and therefore distance wasn't a consideration. It was you just walked, right? And therefore it was easy, it was comfortable. Um, but, of course, I found at the end of my 35 and 52-kilometre uh, days, my um, legs were just screaming out at me. Uh, many times I lost toenails because my footwear, being unnatural footwear, um, wasn't designed for my feet. And so what was happening was that my toes were whacking up against the end of the, the shoes. And as a result, I'd come home with very sore toes, black bruised toes, and I'd end up losing the toenails. And just, um, just for context... When I went on, on I was, the, the... I was just going to say, just for context there, Ray, like you must have thought these shoes were the right shoes for the job you were doing at the time. I did. Yeah, oh, rock solid. These are... I don't know if you, uh, they were Keen's boots and they're exceptionally good boots, right? Um, and, and I was very happy with the boots. But what I did notice is the wear patterns on the bottoms of the soles. So I was wearing them on my toes and, uh, and, and my heels on, on my right foot. Anyway, so when I actually did the walk, I walked it. I didn't have any rest days. So I did it in about 29 days to get to Santiago. So I had a few spare days left over. But um, that was a – I was very comfortable walking because I'd done all that preparation. But, you know, when I actually look back at it, um, the footwear, whilst they were rock solid, and there's no flexibility in them at all, right? So they're, they're very stiff, very rigid. Um, but part of my other journey was that uh, as a scout leader, I had an accident, and the result of that accident was that the knuckle – on my big toe or on my right foot was broken. I had an operation on it, they repaired it. But, you know, it's when something um, heals, it actually 
grows back in based on the structure that supports it. And so what was supporting my foot? Well, it was this unnatural footwear. And what that meant was that my big toe now, um, I suppose technically it's called a bunion, but it, it in fact encroaches over the top of my next toe, right? So it's bent that far in. And if I had have been wearing natural footwear, I feel more confident that it would have more likely grown straight, right? But as it is, it's it's now um, distorted. And I think the result of that is that my gait on my right foot is such that I then wear away the soles of my shoes where my right toes are. So that, that was that was a learning. What I also had, Mark, was that um, when I went to see the podiatrist, they said, look, Ray, you've got mobile toes or mobile feet. Now, what they describe that as is, is that the knuckles in the ball, at the balls of my feet moved, right? And what was happening was that I would get a nerve, the nerves going up between the knuckles. And when I was doing the walk, I would get excruciating pain because as you can imagine, you do a long walk, your feet swell. And what was happening was that the nerves were getting pinched in between the bones. And um, as a result of that, um, a few choice words were selected at at appropriate times. Um, But, you know, so my foot was in pain. And what I actually learned was um, all of those choice words didn't actually change a thing. What I needed to do was just to relax, stop, flex my feet, wiggle my toes, get the nerve out of between the toes, and then the pain just magically disappeared, right? So there one minute, gone the next, and then off I'd go and I could walk for another three hours, four hours without another problem. So I might have had that happen once a day, maybe, right? Once or twice some days, other days I wouldn't have it at all. But what it sort of reflected, when I reflect on it, the podiatrists were saying, my bones in my foot shouldn't be flexing they shouldn't be moving they should be held rigid in this um with this orthotic that would prevent them from doing that movement which would then prevent the nerve from getting pinched right now having joined the foot collective um the learning is in fact that i've taken away is that in fact that's wrong right my foot should be able to move it should be able to flex I should be able to, you know, stand on a log and my knuckles go around, you know, and help my foot gain that balance. Now, for it to do that means that the knuckles then have to be able to move apart easier than what I was being informed by the podiatrists that I should have with these orthotics and sort of pulling the toes together to um, to prevent those those nerves. So that's where I, I was, right? So having walked that and then... Um, in life, I'm coming up to retirement. So I then looked at retirement and thought, when I actually retire, I want to live a long, full and healthy life. But at the moment, I have these issues with my feet. Um, I also knew that my body wasn't flexible. I couldn't sit down cross-legged on the ground. Um, I could do some squatting. Um, My balance wasn't all as good as what I thought it could or should be. And, And I had... Um, research, well, it gets presented to us in the paper that, you know, one, sitting is sort of like the next big um, 
significant health issue that we're going to face as a society, we shouldn't be sitting as frequently as we do. And one of the exercises that we did on the Foot Collective was let's do a chair audit and see how many hours do you actually sit in a chair? Well, I've been working for 40 years. So in January this year, I came up for 40 years at the one company, um, but it was predominantly office-based. So with COVID, I've been working from home. So I've been sitting in this chair. When I go and look at the number of hours a day that I've actually been sitting either on this chair, sitting at the dining table, sitting in the lounge room, sitting in the car, comes up to in excess of 11 hours a day. Now that's massive. That's crazy. Right? That's a lot of hours. It is. Yeah. it is. And then you go, well, what's that do for your body? Right? And so what I've learned is that my body adapts to the environment that it's in. So when my foot's in an unnatural foot, in an unnatural shoe, what does it do? It actually looks at it, well, it doesn't look at it, right? It senses the muscles that are needed to actually operate and go, well, I don't actually need to strengthen that muscle because I've got this shoe wrapped around me that prevents me from actually moving it or doing anything with it. And therefore, I end up getting weaker feet because the muscles in my foot aren't developing, they're not having to work. Because they're not working the way they were designed, they're getting weaker. Um, Same sort of thing by sitting in a chair. So you sit in a chair and your body then adapts and goes, oh, I don't need to work that muscle as hard. I don't need to work this muscle as hard. And therefore, I don't know specifically what's caused it. But if I go and try and sit down cross-legged and the knees are stuck up in the air and, and, you know, I can't get down, I can't touch my toes. um, and, And so that sort of thing, I looked at it and I thought, no, look, this is just not good. I want to be able to... Um, as I say, live, a, live a, a full, healthy life. And I saw being able to be flexible, uh, to fix my feet up better, was a goal that I wanted to attain, Mark. When, so, when you heard these, um, I, I guess when you gained these understandings, was it a bit of a light bulb moment for you? Like, was it, it was like, ah, oh, okay, it all makes sense. Because I, I feel like, you, you know, your understanding now, you 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 fully believe that you sort of now understand where you were going wrong, and I and that's half the battle for a lot of people, I think. I mean, was it mm-hmm. was it a big wake up call for you? Um, a big wake up call. It it certainly was one of those things that you go, ah, now I understand what's gone wrong or or what's happened, right? And so yes, now that I understand why it's done why my body's done what it's done the the next part of the the question is what would you do about it right so yes it sort of goes you know what could be so wrong with sitting in a seat you know they've been making this furniture for all this time you go to the toilet you know they've got this seat here you sit on it right and so somebody somebody must know what they're doing right and and, you know I, i then think about all those podiatrists and you go Somebody must know what they're doing. Yeah, just here's this orthotic. Come put your foot in that and that'll help lift your foot, bring the toes around, point them in the right direction, um, and that's all you need to do. But then weakens you. So it's a, Yeah, it's a lot of blind faith, I guess, we put in yeah. the, the, the technologies and uh, the experts that we have around today. And, you know, I think, at their core, all podiatrists and health professionals uh, are genuinely trying to help people. You know, they do genuinely want to help people. That's why they get into the profession that they do. And it comes down to education and and just an understanding, I suppose, of, you know, maybe 
the way things are being done aren't the way they need to be done. I, I could question whether uh, chair manufacturers <laughs> definitely want to be helping people. Uh, but yeah, I, I would like to think that practitioners do have that approach. And with your own journey since then, I mean, you had this realization, you, you found, mm-hmm. you know, the community. What was the next step for you? What have you done since? Um, so what I did, well, sorry, just to, when I found the community, how did I find it? I went looking on, you know, you go Googling things, right? So you get on the computer and you go, I'm looking for leg stretches. I'm looking for ankles. I'm looking for this. And um, YouTube I found was was excellent. So there's a, you know, there's a number of different, um, you know, things that I found on there. But what attracted me to the Foot Collective was the um, the quality of the videos, the um, the fact that there was a community of people um, associated with looking at foot health or foot freedom, as it's called, and um, having a suite of tools that actually helped on the journey, right? And so there's a number of kits that the Foot Collective sell, and so I went and bought the foot restoration kit, you know, given that my foot's the problem. I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll go and buy that one. And so that comes with a number of items. It comes with the wild wide t- wild toes to help splay my toes. comes with the cork ball to help uh, with plantar fascia and loosening under my foot because that's where some of the, the pain was. Um, comes with a band to try and help with uh, bunions and pulling the, the big toes. And it comes with a hacky sack. Um, yeah, so, uh, and the intent there is to actually look at the dexterity of your toes, right? And, and you know, I reflect on if you go and look at someone that goes from unnatural footwear and all of a sudden takes their foot out, how dexterous are their toes? And it gets back to my comment about before about, well, you don't use them, therefore you don't, you don't develop the skills associated with them, the muscles don't develop the way they should, you know. So I can hold my hand up and I can, you know, move my fingers individually, right, because that's what I've been learned to do because I use them over and over again. I put my foot up on the table and try and do that with my foot. I can't do that, right? But I bet you if you had someone that didn't have any arms and had to rely on their feet, yes, they would. Absolutely. You know, because you learn to use them. And I think it's something about physical tools as well. I mean, physical tools is sort of how the Foot Collective has been able to gain the energy, you know, by people investing in these physical tools. It's allowed us to build a community and it's allowed us to continue educating people. Um, and we all, we're always the first ones to say, look, you actually don't need to buy anything. There are things around your house that mm-hmm. you can use. You know, there are things that, like a tennis ball or a balled up pair of socks instead of a hacky sack, or you could make your own balance beam. Like, But there is something to actually investing in your health and making a purchase that I, I guess reinstalls the faith in yourself that you're, you're doing something about this. Uh, and yep. once you've sort of made that commitment, uh, whether it's laden with a little bit of guilt, if you don't do it because you've actually spent some money on the process, Mm-hmm. By making that commitment, I think that is, you know, it's often what we sort of say is the first step or, you know, we, we, we sort of think of them as like gateway drugs, I suppose, into the yeah. food health world. Because while it's not a huge outlay of money, yeah, just by making that step, 
uh, I think it can, like yourself, really set you on a path that um, opens your mind and your body to a, you know, a, a lot of benefits. I would agree. I, th- I think part of it is, um, you know, it's the mindset that you bring to it. And, it, and um, the phrase is, what's your why? Why are you bothering to do it? Do, you know, why are you doing it in the first place? You know, I could continue to sit on these, um, you know, manufactured chairs and the couch and all that sort of stuff and not worry about foot freedom and then just live in, uh, you know, unnatural footwear. Um, look, I would get through um, my life, you know, and I'd die and, you know, would I be, you know, at, at the end of it, um, if I reflect back and say I had this option or that option, I've decided that this is the option I want to go down, right? I, I want to maximise the, you know, this flexibility, the strength in my feet. I want to maximise my ability to balance. As, as you know, mentioned, there's a, there's a lot of um, literature that indicate that as people age, they uh, are likely to fall. And if they fall, they're likely to break things because as you age, your bones, you know, get more brittle. And so there's a lot of people that you hear about that fall and break their hips, etc. Um, and in fact, some stories then indicate that depending on the age of the person, that's actually a tipping point for the rest of the health of their life, right? Which is, which I think is, is very unfortunate. So I don't want to fall over. No? So for one, I want to get my balance. So to get my balance, I need to look at all these things with my feet and and, uh, and that's the whole thing. The other thing is I've just got a grandson. Now, he's, he plays on the ground. I need to be able to get down onto the ground and play with him and then to be able to be flexible and fluid enough that I can get up and down easily. Um, and, and so that's something that I'm looking for as well. And that's, and, you see, that's your, that's the actual why. What you've just That's described there is the actual yeah. why. And I think this is where a lot of people get stuck on their journey because if your why is just wanting to get out of pain or just wanting to live longer, uh, mm-hmm. then there's nothing really driving you forward. You're, you, you haven't got that vision of you down the road doing the thing that you love doing and want to be able to keep doing. Uh, or that thing that you used to do as a kid or as a, a teenager that your body allowed you to do that you no longer can do. And that's why we get people to define their why really early on in the journey because, yeah, if you're just trying to get out of pain, there are Band-Aids and there are orthotics and there are other technologies and sadly, you know, options like surgery that will get you out of pain for now, but it's just kicking it down the road. That's right. Yeah, and and at some point it's going to come back and you know, bite you, so to speak. Um, whereas, you know, what I found in in the um, in the trek that that we've we've um, that I've just been on for the last forty two days, um, you know, it, it's about developing all of those skill the, the skills to actually look at that for the long haul for the for you know the rest of my life journey to say these are the sorts of things that I. You know, listen to my body. How is my body feeling? Where's the pain? Ah, what do I need to do about fixing that? And then look at doing exercises to rectify it and then, you know, moving on. Um, so I know I sort of jumped into the trek there, but um, what what did I do when, you know, I sort of found the Foot Collective? Uh, it was a question that you asked earlier, mm-hmm. Matt. Um, I, got, I bought the, the, as I said, I bought the first kit. I had a go with my feet. 
And I go, look, I'm retiring soon. And then the Foot Collective said, look, we're going to launch this uh, trek to base camp. Uh, and we're going to do that very shortly. So guys, just, you know, be aware of it. And so, you know, I was going through the, um, they had a community that, that was formed on, on the, uh, on the internet. And so I was part of that. And so there was learning things because the, the guys on the, uh, in the collective were then sharing information around foot health and foot freedom and, and what that meant as well as exercises and challenges. And then, um, so they then launched the, the trek to base camp. And we had the opportunity to sign up for this 42-day uh, trek um, to base camp. And then you sort of go, and the, p- part of it was base camp. So what does that mean? And, and really, it's a waypoint on the journey of life. But it's, it's the, the trek gives the participants uh, a set of learnings and understandings to help them um, look at their own body. And as I was mentioning, understand, how's my body feeling? Can I achieve this particular object? Can I squat? Right? And there are a myriad ways of squatting, as I've learned. Um, you know, narrow squat, medium, wide squat, Cossack squat, <laughs> squat, et cetera. Um, can I do all of those? No, I can't do all. Well, I can do a number of them. <laughs> you can do a right? few of them. I've seen you do yeah. a few of them. <laughs> yeah. And then that, that's where you talk about the, the physical stuff helping, right? So mm. a, as you're aware, you sort of go down into a squat and I get a restricted ankle, right? And so the Soulmate or the slant board, so there are two other kits that I've purchased, um, help lift the heel to then enable me to squat down much deeper. And, the, and you know, that's only, once again, it's a waypoint because it's sort of like I'm using this for the short term until I continue to build up strength and lengthen, uh, you know, the, the muscles in my body. And so at some point, the goal is I don't need the soulmate, I don't need the slant board to actually get down into those various squats because I'll have that flexibility to get down into them. Yeah. So, yeah, so the, the, the trick. I was just going to yes. say, just to give context to, to people who don't know what the trek is, um, yep. it is quite an, an abstract sort of concept, I suppose, for people you know who, who haven't uh, taken the journey themselves, and it probably really appealed to you given your your history of trekking. Um, but what it is is it's our new membership for people who are like yourself, Ray, who've been in pain and who want a supported and guided journey um, to get not just out of that pain, but like we spoke about, to, to really achieve their why, to, to set goals and to progress through training uh, and to have a community around them that guides them along this six weeks where every day you're completing a challenge, you're learning a new lesson, you're encouraged to share with that community as you go and motivate and inspire one another along that journey rather than it, you know being a bit of a solo journey like you'd been on before where it's you relying on the practitioner we create a space where you can be supported by a heap of people. And the reason, like you said, that we call it the trek to base camp is because if you think of, you know, the journey to foot freedom, like actually climbing a mountain, uh, you know, base camp on that mountain, it's not the top, it's not the peak. Um, What we're trying to get you to is a foundation of skills and understanding so that you can just keep exploring life with the, the freedom and the confidence that you want to have. And, you know, like you touched on, mindset is is week two. It's one of the most important things, and we we do it at the beginning because 
it really does lay the actual foundation for everything else. If you if you can't get your mindset right, then you know you're going to really struggle to to get through it. How, how did you find? I mean, that whole experience. It's it's a big commitment. Forty two days in a row of of taking control of your foot health. I mean, yeah. How did you find that journey? Um, I've got an well, a couple of things. I've got an engineering background. One of my strengths is curiosity. So. <laughs> So I'm um, a bit of a sponge for learning and trying to understand and and, uh, that that sort sort of thing. So I would spend time um, looking at all of the material, trying to learn it, understand it, and then go and apply it. Um, I found it incredibly useful. Um, And as I was saying before, I think part of the, um, the, the experience is where you, if you go and look at I'm going to visit the a physio right and you go well how often do you go and see a physio right there's something wrong with my body I'll go and see a physio my, I don't know whether you people do it monthly or whatever I, I don't know that I've actually been to a physio um I've tended to go to chiropractors more than physios but that's another story <laughs> um and, and and so when you do they'll look at you and say right you need to go away and do these exercises now of course the, the question is do you go and do those exercises, right? That's big and how question. diligently, how diligently do you, do you do them? Are you accountable? Who are you accountable for? And does it and and you know one of the key things that that you actually learn in terms of trying to improve yourself is talk to somebody about it. Mac, I'm going to do this, and I want you to hold me accountable to make sure that I do it, right? And that's really what we're building in this community. People come together and say. I'm going to do this. And others go, right, we're going to hold you accountable. We're going to look at your at the work you're doing and we're going to provide feedback and all that sort of stuff. And that's a huge motivator. The other aspect of it, though, is that when you're doing it, you have to keep a proof of, proof of work. And so you have to actually record what you're doing each day. And so there's, there's a, um, general routines, A, B, and C, and they alternate. And then you can go and do specific routines looking at something. Obviously, the question is, well, what's the something? Um, you need to go and do self-assessments. So you actually go and do the self-assessments around feet and footwear, around balance, squat and ground to see, can you achieve these particular activities? You know, Can you squat down? Can you kneel or be in a kneeling position for an extended period of time can you get up and get down from the ground can you be in all these different positions for balance um now so each day as you go through these exercise through the trick you have these different exercises but you've actually got to um document what you're doing feel mindfulness in in the sense that how is my body responding to these exercises? Where am I feeling pain, tension, or whatever? And then go, is that good? That's not good? Should I then back off or I shouldn't back off or, or that sort of thing? And so what I learned was, right, you shouldn't be in pain. Right? Now, you know, pre, pre this, as I say, I'd go and do my walking and, yes, I'd be in pain, I'd be in agony. Um, and and there's, there's the, the story in terms of, when I actually started started this, um, and and how much agony I, I got into, but um, so it is about 
And then when you do that, you go, right, this is how I feel. Do I have a full range of motion in that particular exercise or not? And if you don't, stick with it. Stay with that level of activity. And, and sorry, with that level of activity, there's a segue. So when you actually look at the activities that we were given, the, the, the things, you would look at feet. And feet, for the, the different routines that they've got, you would have a, an activity for your feet that's green level. And it sort of is a particular level of um, capability. It's the beginner level. And then that would, yeah. then, yep, it would then change into blue, say green circle, blue square, black diamond was the, the um, terminology that was used. And it was very much, here's the, I suppose we'll call it the easy, this is the, the beginner, this is intermediate, and then this is the advanced level. And what it does is actually then stretches yourself from going from one to the other to the next. So if I go and look at um, some of them where I have to do calf raises, right, the exercise is ultimately to get to a single leg calf raise. Well, you don't go from nothing straight to a single leg calf raise. You actually have to work your way up to it. And so the exercises are about doing that. But as you start off on your first, you actually have to think about it, feel your body. Am I pushing myself too hard? Can I do it? Look at your feet. How's your posture? Are you splaying your feet? Are you going through? Are you putting your weight through your big toes? Or how are you doing it when you actually lift your your, your um you know your body? And yeah, I, you look like you I, can ask a question. Well, I was just going to say, like, I think what you have identified is really like I've been doing the trek alongside you um, over the forty-two days mm-hmm. to to learn myself uh, where my limitations are and. You know, I, I think, again, people go into the journey probably with their own whys and, and what they want to achieve, whether it's getting out of pain or being able to do this activity or X, Y, and Z, whatever it may be. But I think, you know, personally, and I, I can see it from a lot of the other explorers, uh, and that's what we call them, TFC explorers, who've mm-hmm. gone through this journey, the biggest lesson you can learn is how to listen to your body. And I think it's it's a signal that so many of us have been quite deaf to or, or dampened to, um, you know, as we, we get older and uh, the more technologies we surround ourselves in, like with light chairs, um, we we get so comfortable that we don't listen to the signals that our body uh, is trying to give us or we, yeah, we completely mute them or silence them. And so really what the journey, it sounds like it's taught you and it, and it taught me is how to be the scientist, you know, how to look at my body, work out what, like you said, if, if I'm not able to do a deep squat in this position or or balance on one leg in this position for an X amount of time, we call them the, you know, the five keys to foot freedom. Uh, they're like checkpoints that you reach on that journey to base camp. And if you can't reach that checkpoint, it's not about turning around and going back down the mountain. It's about trying different little trails, you know, routines and exercises, ways around to help you navigate, you know, that bump in the road so that you can get Mm -hmm. to that checkpoint. It's not about uh, going, well, I can't do that. I'll move on to the next checkpoint because the idea is you you really, to reach base camp and to, to find foot freedom and get up that mountain and be able to explore, you need to have those foundations. And yeah, if you don't listen to your body, I mean, and this this is, I guess, where, you know, we've hit the hurdle with modern healthcare is that we have become reliant on experts to listen to our bodies for us. 
when really we should be able to listen to our own bodies and not have to pay thousands and thousands of dollars for the rest of our lives to go and have someone do the self-assessments that you're doing in the course and go, that's the issue, that's the issue, and here's some ideas for how to navigate it. Practitioners definitely play a role. Don't get me wrong. They're, a really, they're really key to this. Good practitioners, practitioners who understand the importance of, of, of natural function. But if they've got a client that understands and is reading from the, the same script as them, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. lot easier journey for everyone involved. Yes, I would agree. Yeah. So the, the, the sort of comment that I was making before, Mac, about, you know, you go to the physio and then how often do you go to the physio mm. is, you know, here's some exercises, go away and do them. This is where it then gets back to your own accountability that says, I'm actually interested in this for myself. So, you know, I'm not doing it um, so that the physio gets a warm fuzzy, right? In, in some, some respects, it's sort of like, let's ignore the physio. I'm here for me because I want to get better. Therefore, I need to do these exercises for that sole purpose, right? Um, and so I found that's also quite empowering because it, it puts the accountability back on you, you, the, the owner of the body, because you're the one that actually knows how the body's feeling, all right? You, you, you sort of said, you know, you tell the physio and the physio then comes up and says, well, here's, here's what you need to do. But Physio can't feel what's inside your body. You're the one that can feel how your body's, you know, when you move something and go, oh, that's twitching there or this is happening here. So you're the one that actually should be able to look at it and go, no, I can't do this. This is what's gone wrong here. And then if you actually have the suite of exercises that would then say, well, you know, an appropriate exercise for that is this. And then you work through those yourself, right? And then um, the proof of work's excellent in the sense that these are exams that you cannot cheat on. Mm-hmm. You can't go and, and go, I'm at base camp, right, and without having done the work to get there, right, because who are you lying to, right? You're only Gen lying yourself. to yourself. Yeah, yeah, you are because it's your life. It's your body. At the end of the day, you've got to say, did I do those exercises? <laughs> and you've got to do them, right? And therefore, having also done that, it, it, it then it's the mindset around it's not a race, Right? Life's not a race to, to death, right? Life's something to be savoured and enjoyed while you're doing it. So don't rush it. Just take your time. And, of course, prior to all this, I was rushing, right? So um, so what I have learned is slow down, right? Just go nice and slow. Right? Um, and, and so what that's meant is I have been taking my time. I've been sort of looking at, at those exercises and going, I, I'm not. I'm doing blue. I'm not ready to go to black because I don't get the full range of motion that I should be getting at this level, right? So I can do the exercise and it's not uncomfortable, but I still can't move as much as I want. Therefore, I need to stay where I am and keep working it till I can get that and then I can move up to the next level. But and I, I shouldn't think, be going there. And I think being in a community like you have been and seeing what everybody else is doing on that day or has done on that day of the trek, you can go, okay, well, you know, I'm not quite there, but, you know, I'm a little bit ahead of that. And it sort of just keeps you pushing along the road and and gives you context as to where you're at in your own journey and and sort of, I guess, gives gives you faith that you can get there, but also lets you know that it's okay if you're not there yet. Oh, definitely. Um 
you know, and, and when I, um, so as part of the journey, we're um, asked, it's a requirement of doing it, that we actually take photos and video clips, as you sort of um, pointed out or alluded to. And so we post those as part of our proof of work. So we've got a, you know, a logbook that we actually document, but we also, as part of that, put up these photos and, and video clips. Um, I like to show the, um, let's call it the raw, <laughs> the raw truth. Um, and so... You know, I will, it, it, you know, if you look at mine, you can see where, um, you know, face value, this is who I am. This is where I'm at. You know, I can't do this. I fall over. I get back up again, you know, that, that sort of thing. Um, but f- for me, that's being authentic and it's being honest with me and with the community, which really, once again, gets back to who am I kidding if I say I'm better than I am? And, and you know, I'm just fooling myself. Right? So... That's you know, so I'll put that out there. That's a big plus for the for this because it's really around that authenticity, and you know, it's a bit like you know going to the physio. Yeah, I did those exercises. Hmm, did he? No, I don't know that he did. You know, <laughs> sort of thing. Because you, you when you go to the physio, you don't want to tell the physio you didn't do them. Right? I've just spent X number of hundred dollars to go to the physio and I didn't do it. No, here you're more accountable to yourself because you're not doing it for the physio. You're doing it for yourself and for what your why is. And and you can have your physios in the trek with you, checking in to make sure you are doing it anyway. I mean, that's that that is the beauty oh, yeah. of the transparency of this sort of approach to healthcare is that you know we don't just want people in pain in that explorers community. We want health professionals in there as well, particularly ones who are working mm. with people on the trek. You would have seen Tom and uh, you know Tom Williams is one of our physios, yes. and, and he's had uh, you know some of the people on the trek come on as clients because they needed that more specialized guidance around you know hitting roadblocks and and what mm-hmm. to do next and and to really help them hone in on what those signals that their body are giving that their bodies are giving them are trying to tell them and what they need to work on because it definitely speeds up the process if you're if you're hitting a big big obstacle but mm-hmm. to have the person who you know who you're paying for your healthcare in there watching you again being accountable to yourself great but also having that that extra layer i think um yeah it just helps with the overall transparency of of health oh it does so when i when i've been referring to you know go and see your physio it hasn't been the physios that are part of the journey it's been you know sort of like i go to the the clinic and see a physio or a chiropractic you know visit for, for whatever whatever else yeah um, my my daughter, uh, right. daughter just arrived. I'll be here to pick up the grandson, so we can we can talk and you can see what happens. Anyway, so so in terms of um, a good example of me learning to back off, I suppose is um, one of the things I did when I ret- when I I'm transitioning to retirement, Mac. Right, so it was about. Um, I'm starting on long service leave. I'm going to retire at the end of June. And and I figured what would be great is if I did the equivalent of the Camino um, to separate work and, and retirement. Now, that's walk 800 kilometres. So I thought, right, I'm going to walk 800 kilometres as, um, as, as this e- e- you know, event type of thing. Over multiple days, obviously, and uh, and so what I did is the first day I did it in unnatural footwear, the footwear that I had worn uh, 
not the same boot because I had I've gone through a number of boots, but basically it was the same model boot. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I did the first day, and of course I got you know bruised toes, and and I've since lost two toenails. Um, that was a twenty nine k hike or walk, and it's all been along uh, a creek, and it's asphalt and concrete. Right, is where I walk. So I live in a in a metro urban type area, and all of the streets I walk on are basically concrete or asphalt. There's no um, natural ground that I walk on as part as part of that. So, um, so 29 kilometres. I had sore legs, um, and, and I suppose I really hadn't done a huge amount of walking before I got back into that. But you know, on part of the course, that's what I would normally do uh, as my walking, and. Uh, and because of my journey, I thought, right, I'll go and buy some um, um, natural footwear. So I got myself some um, Vivo barefoot shoes, and I um, and I went for. So I went from a twenty nine k with unnatural footwear. My Vivo shoes arrived that day, so the next day I did a twenty nine k hike with Vivo barefoot shoes. And um, I've got to say, <laughs> I got blisters. <laughs> got blisters where I've never had them before. Um, so with natural footwear, I would get blisters at the heels and potentially at the toes. Where I got these blisters was under the balls of my feet. Never had them there before. And um, now, one day, uh, so that was the first day. So I, I got I got some blisters there. Uh, well, did that deter me? No, I went back and did another twenty day, twenty nine k walk. Um, <laughs> yep. These are those signals, right? <laughs> oh, de- definitely. Um, and uh, and so I think uh, I think I did about four or five twenty nine k days of, of walking, and I and you know I'm sort of my feet are screaming at me, and I'm going, Ray, you need to back off. This is just a little bit on the silly side. Now this is before, uh, yeah. So this was um, before I think I joined the trek. But in a, what I did then is I'd gone from 29, I went back, I then did 15, and then I went and did 8K hikes or walks, right? So I'm, I'm reducing the distance because I'm going, no, that's too big, no, that's too big, this is too big, and uh, I've given up at the moment. Well, when I say I've given up, I've put it on pause, right? So what I've said is um, I want to fix my feet up first, right? And then once my feet are fixed up, I'll then go back and do the um, and do my 800Ks. And this is this is a really hard thing for a lot of people like yourself who are doing you know I guess high high uh, load activities you know lots of walking like that. We see it with runners all the time who try to transition to natural footwear as well. They go from, mm-hmm. you know, wearing the shoes that they've always been able to run a marathon in and jump straight into their new shoes and think these are going to fix my feet and then they bugger themselves, you know. They they really hurt themselves and they blame the shoes when really the it's just the fact that the body's not ready for that way of moving because it does it changes the the way that you walk and it changes the way that you run and it's really difficult like i can imagine someone who loves walking that much to have to then stop walking entirely now uh you know while you're building up that strength it can be tough but as long as you sort of understand that you're able to sort of build back up to that capacity then you know i, I guess that again is you know it's embedded in your why but 
um, yeah, it can be a really tricky thing for people to navigate. Uh, the last thing we want to do is feel like we're going backwards when we, uh, yeah, when we have to step into a shoe like that. Yeah, look, I, th- I agree with you, and and I think going backwards, I don't. Um, certainly, I can't. I couldn't do it. Well, I obviously did a twenty nine k hike, um, but but there was pain associated with it. And it was, and as you said, my body wasn't used to it. So you might argue, well, Ray, did you then back off big time because, you know, they sort of say when you transition to barefoot, you should do, you know, um, a one-hour um, walk this day and then the next day and the next day. Well, no, I didn't. Um, my wife described it as going from zero to hero. So basically from that point, I think I've only worn unnatural footwear maybe four times or, or you know, three or four times, and that was for an event. Um, apart from that, I've either gone barefoot or I've worn my um, uh, natural footwear, my Vivo barefoots. Um, and so I'm comfortable with that because that's the way I do things. Um, but that I certainly would not recommend that for everybody <laughs> just because when I did it, I was actually in agony. You know, So yeah. basically if you can imagine the entire – um, space under the balls of my feet were a blister and so on my left foot the blister broke and you know the skin came away and all that sort of stuff didn't happen on the right foot at the moment um and so i'm still trying to understand what's going on on my right foot you know because you also get calluses with your feet as you as you um you know wear them and you go barefoot um you know calluses you'll get different sets of calluses because um, your foot is now using different parts of your feet than it, than it was, was before, mm. um, and so I'm still working through what that what does that actually mean for my feet. Um, but I'm on the journey, right? So I'm not going backwards. I, I I never thought I was going backwards. I always saw that no, I've just paused that. I'm now going to pick up this skill set. I'm going to get the what I need out of here out of this, and then go forward. What I can say is that walking on, you know, asphalt or concrete um, is a very different feeling with um, natural footwear to unnatural footwear um, because of all the cushioning you get on those shoes, right? They're just masses of cushioning and therefore you can do all of that and you don't feel anything in your feet, right? So now when I go walking, I certainly feel it um, in the, yeah, but, but that's the way I guess it's meant to be. And, you know, it, it comes back to listening to your body and, you know, walking should be a mindful practice and I'm sure it probably already was for you, but I'm sure it's a much more mindful practice now that you're actually feeling exactly what's going on down there. And, you know, I know when I, I go for a barefoot walk every morning and um, just being able to feel what's underneath my feet and, it makes it so much more explorative. Even the, the simple walks around the footpath, you know, and, and that very manicured uh, sort of environment that we have in suburban streets in Australia, uh, you are still able to, um, yeah, really, really feel and understand the, the environment that you're exploring. And again, I think it just makes for a much more mindful practice. Oh, it, it certainly does. Yeah, it does. Um and, I, and I, I suppose where part of, you know, my journey is and when I was doing all of the, the other walking um, to get ready for when I did the, the Camino was very much trying to think because um, when I do walk, I, I practice mindfulness techniques, which is 
feel where the muscle tension is in the body and then try and relax that muscle tension because uh, invariably we end up using tensing muscles that we don't need to tense, right? And, it, and it's, for me, it was around feeling my feet. And, and as I mentioned, I had that, you know, that broken bone. Well, how do I actually walk um, with that? So all of the, the exercises, you know, I'm focused on, I mentioned before about doing routines and then there's a specific area and you go and do your own self-assessment. Well, one of my self-assessments says I need to work on my bunions and, and my big toe alignment and all that sort of stuff. So I've got to work on why am I shredding, not you shredding uh, is basically what I'm doing in my shoes, where my, where my right toes are, right? So why am I doing that? What is it about my gait that's causing that? And so part of me, there's this tension that says I need to know what how my feet are going, but ultimately it should be just subconsciously I'm just walking and I'm not needing to think about it because people don't normally think about how they walk. They just walk. But because of the what's happened to my foot, um, I'm walking in such a way that that's happening. So I've, I've got to do work on trying to straighten my big toe because I think what's happening is I'm putting all the weight through the through the little toes and then somehow twisting them, which causes the, the rubber or the material on the soles to then get shredded as opposed to walking through the big toe. Because I look on my left shoe and there's nothing missing. There's no I'm not shredding it, whereas on the right, I am. So part of the journey is for me to try and understand that and then, what exercises can I do to, to, you know, get the mobility back in my feet or straighten my big toe? I'm never going to be able to get it straight, right? Now, I'm under no, you know, disillusionment there, but what I am looking at is getting it to be as flexible and as mobile as, as I can get it and as straight as I can get it. Right? And the beautiful thing about the body is, is and why we focus not just on training your feet, through you know what we try and educate people with is that if you get every part of the body working the way it naturally should then the body is a self-organizing machine like you may be very conscious of how you're walking now but if you're able to get the mobility and the strength and the flexibility and the stability back in all of those areas then i'm pretty confident i'm, I'm not a practitioner but i'm pretty confident that your body will self-organize itself and walk the way it naturally should and and so mm. that's why it has to be a holistic journey and that's why it's important to to really focus on yeah reaching all of those checkpoints rather than just focusing on reaching one whether that is just getting rid of the bunion and um yeah yes. I, I think it's yep. i think it's awesome to just see how much I can tell you've learned. I, I know you obviously jumped on uh, the fireside call with us in the community, our, our monthly live call when the community first opened and you, you had heaps of questions. And yeah, it's really refreshing just to see someone who's absorbed all of the knowledge they possibly can and uh, really deeply understands not just the education, but themselves. Like it's, yeah, it's super inspiring to have a leader like you in the community who uh, has put in so much effort and has been really supportive of everyone else and yes we're, we're very grateful to our, our pioneer explorers who've come on this journey from the outset with us and um i mean we got to meet in person last weekend when we were down in melbourne we uh, did that was awesome yeah which is fantastic i mean that's what it's all about for us we could have a, a virtual community and have tens of thousands of people in there but if we don't get to meet any of them in person then what's it really for and you know, I hope that we can foster more of that in-person connection because 
you know, it's one thing to walk by yourself for 29 kilometers, but uh, yeah, it's it's just as special, I think, to walk with a group of people um, and, and people who, you know, only a couple of months ago were strangers. So um, yeah, I just, I just wanted to say a massive thanks for, for coming on the journey with us so far. Um, I, I did have one last question. I, I like to sort of finish it, I guess, with your call mm-hmm. to arms. Uh, what would you say to someone who is in your position, you know, who may be in pain or um, may not even know what their why is just yet, uh, but, you know, is feeling lost. They're feeling like they've tried the traditional approaches that you've had a go at as well. And they're just hitting roadblocks. What would you say to them? What would you, uh, what would you encourage them to do? Um. I think ultimately they need, I mean, for for them to get value out of the journey, they do need to foremost understand why they're doing it, right? And they need to have that why. So it needs to be burning enough for them as a motivator for them to invest time, effort and energy into it. Now, if they're already at a point where they're in pain and that sort of thing, I'd like to think that it's not too difficult to find your why, you Um, certainly, you know, I could look at myself and say, as I mentioned before, did I need to do it? No, I didn't need to do it or, you know, I could have, um, not done it. But for me, I think that, you know, for me, I felt that those reasons were compelling enough for me to want to actually invest time, effort and energy to to understand it. Um, but I think, you know, people need to look at, you know, you want to do something. Why can't you do that? You know, you need, you're going to fall over. Well, hey, look, there's a whole range of reasons why you don't want to fall over. Um, do you know why you're not, why you're not falling, why you're falling over, right? What do you need to do to help strengthen your body to get to a point where you can balance? Um, so, you know, I, I think those self assessments right up front are quite enlightening to someone to say, Here's the benchmark that really you should be getting to. Now, this isn't um, this isn't the end point, right? These assessments, in terms of um, saying you, you get to this point and then you don't need to do any more. It's really this is sort of like what we consider to be an acceptable, I don't know about minimum level, but let, you know, a standard that you should have in terms of your body's function, right? And so, for balance, I'll put it out there that says. Can I balance single-legged with my eyes shut for 60 seconds without having any errors? And the answer is no. (laughs) So uh, on one leg, I'll have nine errors, and on the other leg, I'll have 11 errors. Um, So I fail on that at the moment. Now, when I say so, and and, and I suppose one one should look at the, uh, the current training terminology and say I'm currently not competent. Right, you haven't failed. as opposed to as opposed to I failed. Right, I'm currently not competent. I'm going to get competent, but I'm not competent at the moment. But you know, it's that sort of thing that I think people need to look at. They need to look at themselves and go, "Can I do all these things? Do, you know, how is my body performing?" Um, and the the why has to be big enough to get over the resistance that their existing lifestyle presents to them. So. That's in terms of time, effort, and energy. Right? Now, you talked about you know spending hundreds of dollars or whatever on you know going to see clinicians and, and um, the professionals. 
Um, this, in effect, having done the, the, the trick, is you know, an amount of money up front. You buy the kits. As you mentioned, you, you may not need them, but I found them useful. And then there's, there's a you know a monthly fee to stay in and to get access to the library. Um, that's not a huge amount when you go and look at how much does it cost you to go to see you know your professionals, right? Um, I personally think you'd get more value out of this in 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 the sense that um, you're doing it daily, and there's all of that support behind you. You've got the literature there to help you, or the, the videos and the material. Um, so I think. You know, it's an environment that supports you if you want it to, and, and that's where you get the rub, right? So it's not a free ride. The ride is you need to put in the effort, but when you put in the effort, there's a community here that that's with you. Very much right? so. Yeah. Well yeah. said. Well said. And you know, I guess just on that point, I would add that the assessments you're talking about, people are able to get access to those self-assessments for free within the free part of our community. Uh, if they head to yep. the challenges section and they complete the foot freedom map, which is pretty much all of the five keys of foot freedom explained with a little assessment you can try on yourself. But like you said, you, yeah, you need to be ready. You need to be ready to make the commitment um, to making that journey i mean we can give you the education we can give you all of the the training for free but until you invest like you said your time effort and energy and, and money into taking control of your health then uh, you know it, it can be a, a really long road so um yeah thank you so much for for taking the time to have a chat to me ray and for no worries forging the path on the trek to base camp it's been yeah it's been inspiring look I've, I've personally i found it uh very rewarding um you know the things i've learned um i'm, I'm not walking away i'm you know i'm, I'm certainly going to be um putting in the effort to continue um you know working on my proof of work that sort of stuff um and and doing all of the exercises that i need to to actually get my body to be where i want it to get to so no and Looking we can't wait to, to uh, continue. Yeah, we can't wait to keep following the journey. Thanks for listening to the Restore to Explore podcast. To stay up to date with all things TFC, join our brand new free community. Inside, you'll find a growing library of education, training and resources to help you resolve common conditions, restore natural function and explore your body's potential with a community that's there to support you along the way. To join, just head to thefootcollective.com or you'll find the link in our show notes.